Last week, we just talked about the fact that God wants to change us, that he never wants us to stay the same. He constantly wants to be renewing our hearts to make us more like our son Jesus. And we said this, is that for all that he cares about, all the details of our life, from the smallest thing to the biggest thing, God wants to be working in your life. If it's something like your new zero resolution is to lose some weight, then God wants to help you in that. Or if it's something as big as you just want to get a new relationship with him, then God cares about all those things from the biggest to the little, and he wants to be working in you because he cares about you. And see, this is true. God wants you to change even more than you want to change from the smallest thing to the biggest thing. And tonight, I, I just have been feeling a little guilty because I was poking some fun at the junior high students last week, saying that they don't really shower and bathe too much and they kind of smell a little bit. And I've been feeling really guilty about that because this lady from the church sent me an email this week and she said, you know, I'm willing to donate some bars of soap and deodorant for the kids here at Greener. No, that didn't happen. That didn't actually happen. But that'd be really funny if it did, right? I actually had a dream that that happened. She was like, yeah, we'll get a hose and we'll hose them down before they come in. But I thought that would be really good. But I I wanted to make a list to make you guys feel better of reasons why it's good to be a middle schooler, but I really couldn't come up with anything. Being a middle schooler is not an easy time in life. That was a really hard time in my life. But here's what I promise you. They are not laughing again. Their faces are so funny. Um, (laughs) But here's what I promise. I promise tonight you will get your justice, middle schoolers. Tonight I'll make it up to you. As the message is going on, you will feel a little bit better. Okay, I'm not, don't worry, I'm looking at the middle schoolers. So I will make it up to you, I promise. But what I want to do tonight, guys, is I want to talk about not only personal change in your life, and I believe that can happen too, and that's really what we focused on last week, but tonight I want to talk about how it's our fresh start at the green room. I believe God wants to do something new here in this place. And I just feel like maybe the reason why God hasn't been doing too many new things is because I haven't been casting a lot of vision about it. And tonight, God has given me some fresh vision that I want to share with you guys tonight. And so tonight might not be a normal message. It might not be your normal Sunday morning kind of thing. But tonight, I know God's going to speak through this vision that he's given me. And I know it's going to lead to some really awesome things. So I just need you guys to go there with me. And like I said, the reason why I feel like we haven't gotten there is because maybe no one has ever talked about it. And it kind of reminds me of a story that happened to me uh, last week. Um, We were sitting in the office, and Andrew had this question for me. And little did he know that this question was going to be brought up in Sunday service and tonight at the green room. He said to me, (laughs) he said, you know, Joey, you guys can put that picture up too real quick. He said, Joey, why is it at football games do people hold up D and a fence? And as soon as he said that, he realized he had done something very stupid. He wasn't sure what he had done that was stupid, but he knew he had done something terribly wrong in that moment. And I just saw that look in his face. And the first thing I did was I looked at Doug. And uh, Doug just had that look on his face like, I can't believe he just said that. And, and Doug is a really nice guy. If you guys know, know Doug, he will not call you out on stuff like that. But I, my friends, am not so nice. <laughs> I jumped in that and I kind of just looked at him and I was like, defense, bro? You kind of said it to me when you asked the question. But I, I think the reason why Andrew didn't know that is because no one really explained it to him. And, you know, I think so often that pastors try and cast vision, and we just kind of expect people to get it. You know what I mean? We just expect you guys to know what to do. But sometimes you just need to be told. And if you had that vision, you would know what to do. And so a good place tonight with the vision, I feel like I need to start it, start at, is with the Green Room's history, where we started with. Um, This youth group was started in 2001, and we had six kids in the youth group. Six kids. Can you guys imagine that? And Doug was our youth pastor, and we used to meet downstairs. Here comes your justice, middle schoolers. Put up that picture. 
You guys can look at this handsome devil. Um, I don't know if you recognize that, but that is me. Um, I don't know if you can see it on my face right now, but that looks like a child who hasn't showered in weeks or used deodorant anytime soon. There's just sweat all over my face. But this is what youth group used to be like back in the day. We would play some awesome, awesome games. I don't know if you can see the guitar amp in the background, but that's where we used to have worship. And we used to have the, those couches that are downstairs just set up. And the six of us would sit on those couches and Doug would lead worship on his guitar and we would do ridiculous things like we're doing right there. You can take down that picture now. I know it's distracting some people, tempting people. It's all right, kids. <laughs> but we used to meet down there every, once, every week and you know, it was just the six of us and we had a lot of fun. But it got to the point where we wanted to see God do something new and great. And Doug got that vision in his heart. And, you know, it's something we began to pray about and pray about and pray about. And what's going on here tonight, I believe, is the result of those prayers. What God was putting in our hearts is what's going on here right now. And everything that's going on here right now, guys, is a move of God. You know how I know that? Because God is using a small church on 347 to change countless lives. And that blows me away. That's how I know his hand is here. Let me explain it to you guys. I'll only give you this example. Can you just raise your hands really quick? If this is your parents' Sunday morning church, can you just put your hands, hand in the air real quick? All right, there's three people. That is what the size of our youth group should be right now. That, that's usually what most youth groups are like. It's if they're parents, so four people. So we, our youth group should be four people. But God is doing something big here. And that's why all of you are sitting in these seats. And I want us to partner with him. I want to see this vision lived out. Because, guys, I think we have so much potential. He's at work here. You know, there's about 100 people in, in our church, right? And our youth group is this big. There's, if everyone came tonight, we were missing a lot of people that normally come. We'd probably be at 100 people if everyone came tonight and if everyone was here. That is amazing, guys. God is here, and he has something so big for us. And tonight, what I want to do is help you get that potential tonight. Help us to live up to that because I know God's hand is here and we just need to partner with him. And over the years, we've seen a lot of awesome kids in the green room come and go. And a lot of you guys looked up to them. I can just think about some names and just kids that I used to see every week sitting in these seats. And you know, at a time that they were really young and God grew them up. And maybe you even looked up to them for a time in your life. Maybe they helped you in your walk with God. Well, here's what I want to tell you. It's your turn now to take their spot. It's your turn to, tar- to start taking some ownership here in the green room because you could be those people. God could do the same thing that he did in them with you. And I want to see you guys live that out and really walk this out. Because God's hand is here. And I know that there's an anointing on a lot of your lives, even though some of you might not even recognize it tonight. God wants to work in your life and do huge things through you. And so here's what I need you to do. I need you to say this and, and just give, it, give me the, your best shout. Maybe not shout, just say it. <laughs> How can we do that, Joey? Let me hear it on the count of three. One, two, three. Thank you so much for asking. I'm so happy you guys asked that question tonight. <laughs> Well, I'm going to explain that to you guys tonight, and and here's what we're going to do. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to look at a portion of Scripture tonight, and I believe that God is going to give us some really big keys on how we can unpack this vision. 
He's gonna show us how we can do it through the scripture and he's really placed it in my heart and there's a big burden for this scripture because I think if you guys can get this, it's gonna lead to a lot of breakthrough and then I'm gonna give you a list of four things I need every person in here to really work out and do if this is your home youth group. But here's the first thing you need to do is we need to break the me mentality that's in church. So many of us come here and it's all about us and it's all about what we can get from this place. See, if that's your mentality, then you're missing out on what the church really should be all about. Yes, don't, don't misunderstand me tonight. Don't think that I don't want you guys to be experiencing God here because that is what we are based on. This youth group is all about experiencing God and I want everyone to have that experience and I want everyone to constantly be growing. But at a point when you have experienced God and you are growing in your relationship, I want you to take, off, take your eyes off yourself for a little bit and start thinking about how you can help other people, how you can serve, and how you can help people get that experience that you've had with God. See, that's the real Christian heart. Jesus said this, that we, the world will know that we are his by the way that we love one another. And it's so important that we do that, that we show the world that we love, guys, because there's a world that is desperate, and it's looking for something real. And I believe you guys could do it. And I see the potential in you tonight. But here's what's at stake. Some of you might already even be thinking this. This probably isn't a message that's gonna change a lot of you tonight. You're not gonna leave this place going, oh, God did something so great in my life. I'll never be the same. But here's what it does have the potential to do. It could change countless lives if we get this. It could save the lives of a lot of your friends if you will let this sink into your heart because there's gonna be some great power behind what we're talking to tonight. And I really wanna see you live this and walk this out because God is in this tonight. And so I want you guys to look with me in the book of Mark. And that's the portion of scripture that we're gonna be looking at tonight in Mark chapter two. And this is what it says. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he had preached the word to them. See, this is what I want, guys. I want the green room to be so packed out with people that there isn't room for people to even look outside the door. See, and, and you know what it was? Whenever Jesus preached, people got excited about it. And I think lately in our culture, there's this new kind of attitude that preaching is boring. And, and I'm kind of with you in that. I understand that preaching can be boring sometimes. And I work really hard to make sure it's not. I try to make you guys laugh and I try to make it come alive to you. But you know what the people understood back then that we, that we need to get now? They knew this, is that when Jesus preached, it gave life. And you know, I'm not saying that I'm on the same standard as, of Jesus tonight, but I know the scriptures that I'm speaking about tonight, that if you will really let them in your heart, they will give you life. See, so many of us have these issues in our life. We have these problems that we're going through. And we say, God, why are you never speaking to me with this? Why are you not helping me out with this? Well, maybe if you paid attention to what the people were saying on Sunday mornings or Friday nights or Thursday morning in chapel, maybe some of those things would make more sense and you'd be able to deal with them and get through them. See, because there's power in God's words, guys. He wants to speak to you through it. Give preachers a chance. Don't automatically shut them out. God's got power in this. And that's what the people understood back then. 
And Jesus wants to still speak in amazing ways through his word to you guys. So be exciting about preaching. That's the, you know, I understand that it's great. The worship is awesome. But really let preaching change your heart and get into it. Let's go to verse 3. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd. And so now here we got these four men, right? And a big part of this story is always focused on the paralyzed man and Jesus and what Jesus is going to do for this man. But what I really want to focus on tonight, guys, is the four guys. See, you got these four guys, and I I don't know what their relation is to the paralyzed man, but they are desperately trying to get this guy to Jesus. Uh, my, My guess is that they really loved and they cared about this guy, right? Because here they are. And this is the part of the story where most of us would, would give up. And some of this stuff that I'm going to be talking to you guys about tonight is not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. It's going to require some sacrifice. And you have a choice to make. Either you can be like these four guys and how they act, or you could just give up and say, you know, Joey, that's too hard. The situation's too difficult. There's too many people standing. We'll never get to Jesus. But here's what I want to tell you is that if you really care about the friends that you have that don't know Jesus, then you will take an attitude more like these guys. Well, let's look and see what they do after facing this difficult situation. This is what it says. Um, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. See, we have something in common with the sick man. Me and you might not be physically sick tonight, but we're spiritually sick. And we really need to meet with Jesus on a constant basis. We can't afford not to. We have a lot of issues in our heart. Pride, jealousy, maybe addictions you're battling with tonight. The list goes on and on. And we need to meet with Jesus just as much as that paralyzed man needs to meet with Jesus. And so here these guys are, right? And they come up with this brilliant plan that they're gonna go up on the roof, right? And they're gonna tear it open and lower this guy. And they knew it was gonna cause probably a ruckus. They knew it was gonna be a big deal, but they do it anyway because they were desperate for their friends. Who in your life needs to meet with Jesus? See, I want us to have the attitude of these men that we'll stop at nothing to get our friends to Jesus, that nothing will hold us back. See, here's what I'm really asking in the broad picture of all this, is that you wouldn't be okay with letting your friends go to hell. That's really what I'm asking right now, that it would make you uncomfortable inside, that it would bother you that they don't know Jesus and they don't have the hope that you have. And that might shake up some of you tonight, and I, I really do hope that it shakes you up tonight. Because I just don't think we care too much. We're kind of okay with it. We're we're kind of okay with going through the motions. But these guys, no, they weren't okay with it. They were going to stop at nothing to get to Jesus. And I think that needs to be our attitude here at the green room. We can't be okay with it, guys. And see, I can't invite your friends to church. I can't be involved in their life. That's only something you can do. If you get them here, then I will do my best 
to explain the gospel to them and make it come alive to them. But you have to get them there. And that has to bother you, that they're not where you are and they don't have the hope that you have. Let's go to this next verse. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? For those of you guys that might not be Christians in the room tonight, this has kind of been an insider message so far, but this is the part of the message that is for you tonight. There's this awesome man named Jesus who is fully God and fully man, and he came to earth for you, and he has the power to take away your sins. He can wipe away every wrong thing that you've ever done in your life. He can take away all the guilt. See, he came and he died on a cross for you and everything that you've ever done wrong was nailed on the cross with him that day and he defeated death and he rose again. And now he wants to be in a relationship with you and walk this out with you and one day you'll be in heaven with him. Well, what an amazing thing. And if you're not a Christian tonight, in the, and if you are a Christian tonight in the room, and that doesn't make you excited, then you don't really understand it the way you should, because that is exciting stuff, guys. That should blow us away every time we hear that. If we really get it tonight, how amazing God is and what he's done for us. So if you're not a Christian, that's why we're here tonight. That's why these people are singing. That's why they're raising their hands It's because they're passionate about a God who's done great things for them in their life. Let's go to the next verse, verse eight. Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. That's what I want to be our church, guys. That's what I want us to be like. That when people walk in here, they go, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. That is our new vision here at the Green Room. That is our new motto, that we would constantly have people walking in and saying, we've never seen anything like this ever before. See, we we put such an emphasis on experiencing God, and we believe that he can heal in this place, guys. We've seen him show up countless times, but here's what I want to tell you, is that we need to be experiencing more of that. We need to get hungry for that again. We need to get more desperate for seeing God do these things. I, I, I just love that, the reaction of the people. And you know, I have heard that reaction before, but I want to start hearing it more often. That's got to make us excited that people would walk in and say that. And so here's the four things that I need you to do. And like I said before, they're not necessarily going to be easy. But if we can leave live this out, guys, our potential could be amazing if we partner with God in this. And so here's the first one. Invite. Like I said before, I need you guys to not be okay with letting your friends 
go to hell. I need you to be bold. I know how awkward it can be sometimes. And I'm not even asking for you to give them the whole gospel message. I'm not asking for you to save them. All I'm asking is that you guys would just give them a little invitation and say, hey, why don't you come check out my church? Why don't you come check out my youth group? What is the worst they could do to you? So they say no. And guess what? I want you to ask them again in a week because eventually you'll wear them down. And here's the most important thing you can do is pray for them. Pray for them constantly. There was a person in this room last week who I've been praying for for many years in my life. Many, many, many years, right? So much so that God even put a burden in my heart just to drive by their house and pray. So now everyone thinks I'm a stalker, but that's what God told me to do. He told me to drive by. And so I just drove by that house and, and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed for years and years. And that person came to know Jesus as their savior last week. Why? Because I was persistent, because I didn't give up. And eventually the time came for an invite. And now I know without a shadow of a doubt that they are walking with Jesus. And there is nothing that makes me more happy. Here's what I'm not asking you to do. I'm not asking you to stand up on your lunch table on Monday and say, come to church, you're all burning in hell. That's not what I'm asking. Please don't do that. That's not gonna work too well. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to do something that I do in my life and it's called investing and inviting. We all have friends in this room that don't know God. I I think that's a reality or maybe you just don't have some friends that are walking close to God today. I want you to be involved in their life. I want you to care about them, to be there for them when times get hard, not only in the good times. And the moment will come as you are constantly praying for them where the invitation will come. And in that moment, I just want you to seize it and say, hey, come check this out. God wants to do something. And that's it, that's it. That's all you have to say. Maybe you don't even have to say God wants to do something. Just say, hey, just come check it out. If we did that, guys, if everyone in the room did that to one, just one person we know, the room would be doubled tonight. That would be awesome. I want to get to the point where we're at two services. We were just blown away by what God is doing. See, what I'm asking you really tonight is that you'd be willing to be a part of something that's bigger than you. I'm willing, I'm willing to do it, but are you? Are we gonna walk this out? It's, it's gonna be some extra work. It's gonna be hard. You know what was one of the hardest parts about growing as a youth from six kids is that there were more people. There was more competition for the girls, if you know what I mean, guys. You know what I mean? I mean, no one's really competition for me, but let, I, I mean, I'm being such a jerk tonight. I'm, I'm just joking. Um, also, don't do this. Gio did this to me tonight. It was pretty embarrassing. He, he introduced me to some, some new girls. So, so when your new friends come, don't say, hey, this is Joey, my hot youth pastor. Don't say that. It's, it's, it's not a good thing to say. That was very embarrassing for me. I hope you know I'm just joking when I say all these things. But I just want you guys to be inviting. <laughs> I want you to be bold and just care about your friends. If we can do that, God will do some awesome things here. But don't lose this passion for inviting. Catch it from the four men who are willing to get their friends to Jesus. All right, here's the next one. Get involved in community groups. I know what some of you were thinking right away. Joey, we're already, already all involved in community groups once a month here at the Green Room. Well, here, I want to talk to you about the importance, and then I'm going to tell you what I need you to do. One of my favorite communicators is Andy Stanley. 
And he says this, that real life change happens in community group, not rows. This is a row. What's happening right now is, is the church service. And he believes that when you get together in a community group and you're able to just talk with people, be real with them, and see God work in that kind of setting, that, that's where real life change happens. And, and I believe that life change happens in both. I believe it happens in, in service and in community group. And I've been a part of community groups where that was actually happening when we were really letting, living out that model. Because this is what the early church did, guys. I hope you know that. There was no church service. It, it wasn't like it is right now. There was no one up on stage. There was no band. People got together in houses. And they ate some food. And they talked about God. And they talked about their lives and what was going on. And I think that is such a powerful thing. And that's why it's here at the green room. And you know what the number one problem in youth groups usually is? And this was a problem for us in the green room, too. When I, when I went here. Is that it was a very clicky place. I want to tell you, since we've started community groups, I don't see the clicks anymore. I was downstairs before service hanging out with some seniors, some eighth graders, and some 10th graders, and we were all talking like we were best friends. Like, that doesn't happen in most youth groups. I, I hope you get that. The community groups have torn down a lot of walls, guys. And, and I believe that real life change does happen. And here, here's the part that you play. Here's where you come into this whole situation. I'm asking you, to actually try. I know that it can be awkward at times. I know it can be hard when people are coming in and out of these groups. What I'm asking you is to not let it all be about you. Something you have to say could change someone's life if you would just be bold enough to say it in that group. If you could just encourage someone. I'm asking you to really listen to the leaders and not just joke around the whole time. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I love getting together with my group and laughing and having a good time. But you know what the best times are? It's when we can just talk about what God is doing. Man, and we, we've had some couple of those times lately. And, and, and I left feeling like a different person. Man, there's nothing like being able to sit around some other people who are going through the same things that you were going through and being real with them, and talking about these things. There's so much power in that, guys. And so what I'm asking you is to take them seriously, to really open up and care about what's going on in these groups. So that that's the second one, is community groups. Here's the third one. And this is something that Doug really pushed, and something I really want to push on you guys, to, that Doug pushed on me, is to take ownership. Have you ever owned something that you really care about? You know, you take pride in it. You cherish it. Here's, here's a little secret. The green room is just as much yours as it is mine. You guys really set the course for this place. Your excitement, your energy, the way you talk about it, sets what happens in here. And I want you guys to own it. You, you know when the shift really began to happen in the green room in 2001 and as we began to grow? It's when Doug casted this vision and then we were praying and we took ownership of it. I couldn't shut up about this place. I invited everyone I knew. And eventually, some of these people that I was inviting, they actually came. It was nuts. I was like, what are you doing here? You know what I mean? It's like, you actually came. And then guys, we've just been growing ever since then. And I'm so excited and I want you guys to do this. This is something that the people who've graduated over the last couple of years have done really well. They took ownership of it. 
There was a kid I can think of, he just graduated last year, who has one of our original t-shirts, which was like the ugliest thing ever. But he wore it like every day of his life. Why? Because he took ownership in the green room because it mattered to him. And he knew that God was doing something here and he wanted to see other people changed by it. So take some ownership of it. Here's the last one. It's be committed. Be committed. I want you guys to be here as much as possible because I know you need to meet with God just as much as I need to meet with God. And here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you have to be here every single week because I miss green rooms. I miss three or four a year and I'm the youth pastor. So you guys are allowed to miss youth. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying and asking for you to make it a priority in your life to be here. That you would recognize that God is here and that you would want this more than anything else that's going on in your life that you would just want to be close to Jesus and what he's doing, that you would want to see your friends' lives changed. See, guys, I think if we get this, it's going to be really powerful. I think we will be at two services in a couple of months if we can all let this, go, this vision get into our hearts, if we can really accept this. And I want to be a part of that because I know God's doing his part and now it's time for us to do ours. And so partner with us in prayer and do the things that I've asked you guys tonight and we will blow up and God will do amazing things in your life. So what I'm asking you is to be his hands and his feet, to walk it out, to live this and to point him to as many people as you can. This gets me really excited and I hope it gets you excited too. Four people gave their life to Jesus last week. That's when I know we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. There's nothing cooler than seeing someone's life change forever. And I want you to take ownership in that. I want that to be your friends. See, some of you invited those people that got saved. You did an amazing thing. God used you in a great way. Do you understand that God used you to save someone's life? Doesn't that make you excited to want to do that for more people? Catch that vision, guys. Get it. And here's the bottom line. Bottom line. Here's what I really want you guys to walk away with. If you can just put that up on the screen. It's catch the vision tonight. Let it sink into your heart and become a church where people say, we have never seen anything like this. That's what I want, guys, is that unsaved people would walk in and people that have been in church their whole lives would walk in and say, what is going on here? Why do I walk in here and feel like a different person? Why is it that when the worship is happening, I feel something going on? I want that to experience that. I want healings to take place but we need to partner with God in this. But if we do, we'll see great things. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for everyone that's in this room tonight, Lord. My heart is that we would catch this vision, Lord, that we would live this out to the fullest, God, that we wouldn't just let this be another message, God, that it would be a pivotal moment in our history, that when we took these things to heart and we really live them out, Lord. And I, I just pray for anyone tonight, Jesus, that, that just feels a little scared, that they don't know if they can do it. They don't know if they can live up to the expectation of some of the other kids that used to come here that did these things. I pray, God, that tonight you would give them that reassurance that they need, Lord. I pray as the band comes back up and we sing some more songs tonight, God, that, that your presence would meet them in a new way like they've never experienced you ever before, God, because I know you're a God that does these things, Lord. 
And we just thank you so much, Lord. And for anyone that's new tonight that might feel just a little overwhelmed by everything that was said, I pray, God, that you would meet them too tonight, God, that you would show them how real you are. We just thank you, God, so much for everything that you're doing. In your name we pray, amen.